there. Welcome to the Real World NP Podcast. I'm Liz Rohr, family nurse practitioner, educator, and founder of Real World NP, an educational company for nurse practitioners in primary care. I'm on a mission to equip and guide new nurse practitioners so that they can feel confident, capable, and take the best care of their patients. If you're looking for clinical pearls and practice tips without the fluff, you're in the right place. Make sure you subscribe and leave a review so you won't miss an episode. Plus, you'll find links to all the episodes with extra goodies over at realworldnp.com slash podcast. So in this week's video, I'm going to be talking about weight loss medications. And I want to say that if you haven't watched last week's video, which is the real true foundation of weight loss medication discussions with your patients, definitely go back and do that. Anyway, when it comes to weight loss medications, after you've had the conversation about their lifestyle management, you can talk about weight loss medications with them. So full transparency, I work in a federally qualified health center setting and a lot of my patients are under-resourced. So the weight loss medication options that we have available may or may not be covered by your, their insurance. And if they're not, they can be quite expensive. So I'm gonna talk about the top three recommended options. There are other options available, but there's less data, there's more side effects, and they tend to also be expensive. So I tend to start with the first three options, and most of the time those are effective for what we're going for. I really do have to say, it's not necessarily even about the medication, it's about the whole picture that helps them in their weight management journey. Okay, before I jump into the three kind of like top options, I want to say a couple things. When it comes to medicine, all of the information and data and algorithms that we have and guidelines, those are all based on research, research studies, and the best available research that we have, we take all those studies, we bring them together in a meta-analysis, all that stuff, right? Like, you know that, but I'm just, the reason I'm saying that is because there's some limitations when it comes to weight loss medications. The studies that we have available for all weight loss medication options, they're small studies, there's some attrition where patients don't complete the full study. They can be short in length. The participants can be um, heterogeneous, meaning that it is not a diverse, inclusive, large population that you can extrapolate the results to a larger population of diverse patients and people. And then there has been variable reporting in the clinical outcomes in terms of how this affects the medical comorbidities potentially, right? So just keeping that in mind, all of the recommendations are based on like not great data. Okay, so who can be prescribed weight loss medications? The general guiding principles, again, going back to last week's video, if you haven't watched it already, about the kind of caveats about BMI, body mass index, as an actual tool, um, is typically, generally speaking, patients who have a BMI greater than 30 are candidates with lifestyle modification as well. However, it is also indicated for patients who have a BMI of 25 to 29.9 who have medical comorbidities like diabetes and hypertension that would be improved with weight loss medications and or they've already been doing the weight loss lifestyle modifications and it is not allowing them to reach their goals. 
of weight loss. I am not hard and fast about the rules with that because I really want to support patients with their health outcomes and the real world is messy. The real world is not tidy, right? However, I'm not going to give a medication necessarily if they haven't already started lifestyle modifications. I will consider doing it adjunctively at the same time, depending on where they are in terms of contemplation, pre-contemplation, like that, what stage of decision-making they're in. Because the solution is not to throw medications at somebody, at somebody and then that's going to magically solve their problems. It doesn't work like that. Again, go back and watch last week's video. But anyway, um, so those are generally speaking who is a candidate for it. Let's get into the medications, right? So top three options. Number one is a GLP receptor agonist, liraglutide. There are many GLP-1 receptor agonists. However, that is the only one that is... Uh, FDA approved for specifically for weight loss. So this is an injectable diabetes medication, but it again, approved for weight loss. So once a day injectable, we start at the lowest dose and we titrate up until we get to the maximum until they reach their weight loss goals with the adjunctive lifestyle modifications. Pros of this medication are that they, there's no time limitation. You can, the patients can continue on it as long as they're tolerating it until they meet their weight loss goals. Cons are side effects and the fact that it's injectable and it's daily. Um, the main side effects are anorexia, a loss of appetite, stomach pain, nausea. It really reduces appetite and that can be very uncomfortable for patients. The good news is that when you start it, you start at the lowest dose and the side effects tend to improve the longer you take it. And if they're not tolerating a higher dose, you just go back down to the other dose. So that is kind of the first line option because of the data, again, the amount of research we have um, in terms of efficacy. It also has potential benefit for protect, like cardiovascular protection in patients who have diabetes. It's been studied a lot for a medication in general. Um, there is another medication, I'm not gonna pronounce it right, semaglutide, semaglutide, that is the generic name, and it is off-label use for weight loss. I'm not gonna talk too much about it here. If you wanna know more about all the GLP-1 receptor agonists, I talk about all of them in the context of diabetes management inside the diabetes workshop. Um, if you wanna check that out, it's at realworldnp.com diabetes. However, when it comes to GLP-1 uh, semaglutide, however one says that, um, <laughs> I don't wanna use brand names in these videos, um, that is actually more efficacious in terms of the amount of weight loss, and it is also once a week, it is my personal, favorite when it comes to diabetes, choosing a GLP-1 receptor agonist because of the ease of use for patients and its efficacy. However, it is not FDA approved. So it might not, might be less covered by insurance. I have not prescribed this for weight loss personally. Okay. What are the next two options? The next one is Orlistat. And this is kind of also in that first line, second line, third line option. Generally speaking, because of the data that we have and because it's single use medication instead of combination medication, um, because the more medications you add in combination, the more risk of side effects, those kinds of things. So single use agents, generally speaking, are preferable. That's, that's um, expert opinion level of evidence. Um, but anyway, in terms of second line options, Orlistat is really the next one. So Orlistat is the generic name. It uh, basically boiled down prevents the absorption of fat. So in the fat in a person's meal is the highest caloric density of carbohydrates, proteins, fats. Fat has the highest caloric density. And so when you reduce the amount of fat absorbed, there's less calories consumed. 
So it's taken three times a day with three meals a day, prevents that fat absorption. But as you can imagine, that will lead you to what the side effects are. So the main side effects are GI distress. The fat goes, instead of being absorbed and broken down by the body, it's excreted in stool. And so you can have oily stools, which can be very concerning for patients. So I always warn them about that and allow them, always allow them the choice to choose that one or not, right? Maybe that's not the good option for them because they're at work and they can't risk rushing to the bathroom because they have to urgently have a stool that is very fatty, right? This is like a weird thing to be talking about on the internet, but here we are. Most, it's like not everybody has that though, because I prescribed this one a fair amount. The pros to this one are that um, you can use it for longer periods of time. I believe research has studied it up to three to four years of use. Um, However, I believe the FDA indication is for 12 months to 24 months. Don't quote me on that one, but it's a longer, it's a more appropriate for long-term use. Most of the patients that I've had on it have really only done it for about a year and then they're kind of chilling like they're done. The main goal is to use it until they're at their adequate goal weight that you have discussed. And then the side effects, we've already talked about that. Um, The other considerations is that you want to make sure that they're taking a fat, they're they're reducing their ability to absorb fat-soluble vitamins so that they really should be taking a multivitamin so that they don't reduce those uh, vitamins. And yeah, I think that those are the main ones that I really talk to about patients is that We don't know if you're gonna have that side effect, but you can use it for longer term, and that's like the main thing, and some people have no side effects at all. The main way to reduce that side effect is to reduce the amount of fat in your diet. So if you're having a very fatty meal, you're going to excrete a lot of fat. So anyway, moving on. (laughs) Option number three. I'm gonna stop at the option number three. There are two other ones, but um, I've never prescribed them, and they have more side effects and less data, so I'm not even gonna talk about them. Phentermine. Phentermine is technically is is technically it's a single agent, but you can also use it in combination. And I'm forgetting what it's combined with. Here we are. I'm an imperfect human. Um, and again, I've never prescribed that one. Phentermine alone is more affordable, and so that's why I tend to use it um, if I do. However, there are limitations. So phentermine is basically, uh, I believe, is a sympathomimetic. Don't quote me on that. Actually. It is a stimulant and it reduces appetite and patients really love it, honestly, because it gives them energy, it reduces their appetite, they feel super great. Potential contraindications are if they have any cardiac history at all, it can elevate the blood pressure, um, it can cause tachycardia because again, it's a stimulant. So in those patients, it's not recommended and contraindicated and it's only indicated for 12 weeks of use. FDA. So I tell that to patients. It's really just a short-term medication. And the way that I phrase it is that it's an adjunct to what you're currently doing to kind of jumpstart the weight loss. Because as soon as you take away that medication, the appetite is going to go back to what it used to be. And the goal kind of, it's not that your stomach necessarily shrinks, but your stomach gets physically used to smaller portion sizes. And so portion size after being off of the medication will hopefully sustain because your body has acclimatized to that. So that's kind of how I, I phrase it for patients. I also let them know if they have any chest pain or dizziness or things like that to let me know. And then we stop that medication. Um, When it comes to monitoring for phentermine, I usually do monthly visits. For any medication, I actually usually do monthly visits too, not to make their life harder, but to measure their, especially for phentermine because it's a short-term use medication, I'll measure their blood pressure, their heart rate, and how it's going. Do they have any side effects? How, what is their weight? Typically, what we expect to see with phentermine is a 4 to 5% weight loss over the course of those 12 weeks, and so we want to see if it's, if it's efficacious, right? Is it working? Is it meeting their goals? 
And I actually want to pop back to um, contraindications for GLP-1 for loraglutide. If they have a personal history of pancreatitis, family history of thyroid medullary cancer, or multiple endocrine neoplasia, I think it's types 2A and 2B, which is like super random. But if somebody has that in their history, it's MEN, multiple endocrine neoplasia, those are absolute contraindications for GLP-1 agonists. Anyway. So those are the main medications and their main side effects. I don't really have any contraindications off the top of my head that I know of for Orlistat. It's a pretty safe medications. The approach is generally speaking, we wanna see, we wanna establish what their goal weight is and it's expected to have about a four to 5% weight loss over the course of three to six months, maintain that and then continue on the path forward. Because I think a lot of people think they're going to drop a whole bunch of weight, they're going to drop 100 pounds right away, and then they're going to just arrive and stay there, and that's not how that works. So that's the general guidelines of practice. Um, but the reason for having those periodic visits, either monthly or every three months, just checking in. Because again, this if you go back to last week's video, this is a chronic kind of condition that are not even a condition. It just takes time. It takes consistency. It takes time. And it doesn't matter if we get here tomorrow, if we get here in two years, we're still going to arrive. Right. And so that's my thing with patients is that like slow and steady wins the race. So like, let's just do this together. I'm here to support you. So hopefully this video is helpful. I'm trying to be a little bit more um, off the cuff and hopefully this was helpful, but let me know um, what questions you have. And thank you so much for watching. Hang in there and I'll talk to you soon. That's our episode for today. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you subscribe, leave a review, and tell all your NP friends so together we can help as many nurse practitioners as possible give the best care to their patients. If you haven't gotten your copy of the ultimate resource guide for the new NP, head over to realworldnp.com guide. You'll get these episodes sent straight to your inbox every week with notes from me, patient stories, and extra bonuses I really just don't share anywhere else. Thank you so much again for listening. Take care and talk soon.